Welcome, one and all, as we close out the week here on the Damage Report with me, John Derilla. And you expected I was gonna say Brett Ehrlich. No, Brett is in Japan for two weeks. It's also, by the way, little old Brett's birthday. Happy birthday, Brett. He's not watching this, he's eating ramen or something. But forget about the birthday boy, because we've got a treat and at the same time, a throwback, a retro reboot. Jason <laughs> returns. I'm kidding. You know, because back in the glory days before the pandemic, we used to do the show constantly together. And then you yeah. became, you know, busy and huge and you're doing all stuff. But Jason, it is amazing to have you back. What for for the people who might not have been following everything that you were doing, what what have you been up to? What's going on right now? How you doing? I'm great. First of all, John, great to see you again. Dragon Squad, it's great to be back with the family. Update and an announcement, I have completely jettisoned energy drinks out of my life, John, as you sip your coffee. I am, <laughs> no, wait, hold on, no, I can't have any product placement here. I'm sipping water. Is that a Stanley cup? I'm, maybe it is, maybe it's not, I don't know. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, but John, glad to be back. Question, what, what have I been up to in Miami? I left um, in the pandemic, moved, been here for what, almost four years now, geez. Uh, hosting my own show here um, on broadcast television, doing my own stuff, miss my TYT family. John, I haven't talked to you since you became a father. Also, Dragon Squad, do we not miss the long haired John Iderola? I was here for all of that, John. The one day I woke up and the hair was gone. It was gone. I know. I know. Well, no, that's where you're wrong. It wasn't all of a sudden one day gone. It just gradually, I'm like, okay, maybe I'll just cut two inches off. No, maybe another. And then gradually it got shorter and shorter until now I feel comfortable for once. America. Can I, can Dragon Daddy be comfortable for once, please? Hold up, Dragon, okay, yeah, first of all, yes, John, you look great no matter what hairstyle you have. Like you said, your hair goes back. Same. Oh, so now you're Dragon Daddy. I didn't come up with that. That's what other people came up with. And then I had to have a kid to make it actually legit. So I did, and now I'm Dragon Daddy. But anyway, look, I feel uncomfortable that I even brought that up. <laughs> More importantly, very glad to have you here. Glad Maybe here. I'll grow my hair someday. Also. What, like those four years, a lot happened those four years. Uh, you hung out with every famous person that exists, basically. I don't know if everybody follows like uh, Jason's inner Instagram. Everybody, just every day there's a new cool famous person. So uh, very jealous for that. And I had forgotten that we used to like, you know, toast our energy drinks. I'm mostly off of them. I did have one yesterday and a little bit today, but I'm mostly off of it. And I think I'm gonna. My heart can't take it, you know. I shouldn't. I should either. stop. Yeah. yeah well, so I got rid of energy drinks, but I didn't stop drinking my yerba mate, which is like has five times more caffeine than the energy drinks. So yeah. This mind screw. But all the celebrities I got to talk to um, were great. Uh, it's it's interesting because when you look back over one four years has flown by. And two, just the amount of growth I've been able to have in my career has been great. But John, it's been so awesome to see you. And the show hit over 1 billion views. Thank you. What? Thank you. I mean, naturally, I I'm not shocked. I mean, I mean, come on, this is like the authority of all things news. But it's just a testament to how <laughs> incredible you are, the journalism that T1 dedicates themselves to. And you know, you're just this dragon daddy slaying the beast. 
I appreciate it. Thank you. Yes, a billion views. We are now trying to get to a million subscribers by election day. It's gonna if happen. you're watching, you can help out by becoming a subscriber, or maybe you know, like suggesting one of our videos to someone. We're trying to reach uh, that goal. But, but anyway, Jason, it's great to have you back. Uh, we did the show so so very many times, and not just this show, but also. Um, the the Young Turks and I'll, yeah. and I'll remind everyone. It just seems so ridiculous now in hindsight. We were doing a show like I don't know January February of 2020, <laughs> and we're like we're reporting on COVID in China. And I'm like, you know what? I don't want to be a doom and gloom. I think it's gonna pass. And you were like, I am super worried. I feel like it's gonna come. It's gonna shut us down. And I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I remember that day vividly, John. And because I love and adore you, I wasn't offended. Had it been anyone else, I'd have been like, excuse me, sir, sir, sir. But you looked the look on your face was like, Jason, you've watched way too many Stephen King movies. What, what, That's like, what it seemed like. <laughs> but 30 days later, it was an epidemiological nightmare, as I called, and and here we yeah. are, four years later. Luckily, we survived it, and we did. We're thriving, and we're here to talk about it. So that's the blessing. The the the, the uh, fighting. Yes, uh, we're here to talk about that. We're also here to talk about a lot of other stuff. So everyone, I'm going to need you to buckle up as we launch into this first hour. We're going to be talking about the dueling border visits between the current president and the president that might be, as well as the Hunter Biden committee hearing that really turned into a grilling of the Kushner family, which I have a lot of fun with. Donald Trump facing another lawsuit. I didn't even know you could be sued this many times all at once. So we're going to talk about that as well as baby Olivia and Marjorie Taylor Greene's thoughts on absolute immunity for presidents. She's taken a few weeks, she's scraped together a few neurons, and now she's got <laughs> thoughts for us. So we're going to evaluate that. That's all just in the first hour. Obviously, in the aftermath, we will be throwing away our garbage people of the week with Jason. So that'll be a lot of fun. Hit the like button if you haven't already, and we're going to launch into this. So it's a very terrible thing. What's Our country is being poisoned. We're really being poisoned. Nobody explained to me how allowing millions of people from places unknown, from countries unknown, who don't speak languages. We have languages coming into our country. We have nobody that even speaks those languages. They're, they're truly foreign languages. Nobody speaks them. They're coming from numbers and countries that we wouldn't believe. You look at what this governor Newscom from California, isn't that his name, Newscom? Uh, what he's done to California is unbelievable. So that's a lot. Um, from that, Donald Trump's trip to the border, uh, we know a few things. Trump is at the border, so he's using his time there to spread uh, demonization of migrants, some casual Nazi talking points about the blood of the nation being poisoned. Uh, we also are reminded that he is a tiny little child. He's a tiny whiny baby boy. Uh, with his little nicknames for Gavin Newsom. And uh, also his brain is still melting because migrants are coming from numbers we've never heard of. And they're coming from countries we've never heard of. Nobody has, not just him. It's not just that he doesn't, he's not interested in the world, doesn't know anything about the world, despite having served as a president for four years. Nobody knows of these countries or the languages they're speaking. I personally think if there are really languages that no one in the US government speaks, maybe we should hire these migrants who speak these never before heard languages. But look, it's nonsense. His brains are leaking out of his ears. But despite all that, his trouble with coming up with what he's trying to say, the utter incuriosity that he addresses the world with, the strategy is clear. You should all be very, very scared. Blood, fire, brimstone, smoke. That's what the trip to the border 
is all about. And we're gonna talk about that strategy, the attempt to scare the hell out of people and how likely it is to succeed. But first, I do want to interject just a little bit of inconvenient facts. First on the migrant crime that he's always talking about. I will remind you that according to an analysis encapsulating 2012 to 2022, undocumented migrants have a homicide conviction rate 14% below that of native born Americans. Immigrants have a 62% lower homicide rate and undocumented immigrants have a 41% lower total criminal conviction rate than native born Americans. So arguably, if there's a crime wave, it's probably us that's the problem, not the migrants that just crossed the border and are probably desperately trying not to raise the suspicions of law enforcement. But the thing about that crime wave is it doesn't exist. Murder plummeted in the US last year, likely at one of the fastest rates of decline ever recorded in American history. What's more, every type of uniform crime report part one crime, with the exception of auto theft, is likely down a considerable amount this year relative to last year, according to new data released by the FBI. The quarterly data in particular suggests that 2023 featured one of the lowest rates of violent crime in the US in more than 50 years. Epic decreases. And on that auto theft thing, if it wasn't for like, Kia and Hyundai and TikTok or whatever, maybe those numbers would be down too. But you know, social media and all that. In particular, you would think that Fox News would want to cover this because we know they love talking about crime in places like Detroit in particular. Detroit is on pace to have the fewest murders there since 1966, since back when Trump was only like in his mid 40s or something. So that's pretty amazing. Baltimore, St. Louis, <laughs> lowest murders in nearly a decade. All of this is good news, but forget about that. Trump is talking about the blood of the nation. Aren't you scared, America? Jason, are you scared? <laughs> I'm shaking my boots. First of all, shout out to John Iderola's massive shade today. Really, really good. Uh, Trump was 40 back in 1966. That's hilarious. Um, but thank you for thank you for having those stats because right, murder is down. Awesome. And when you hear these, when these conservative Outlets talk about murder in certain cities, to at least to my knowledge, it's always cities that have a high population of people of color. One, two. And then also, there are getting back to, to migrants coming to America that might possibly pose a danger on, on all fronts, from, from bringing in diseases that don't exist here, that have never been, that have never been seen to to languages that we've never heard of. What these means people aren't coming from Krypton. You know, what I mean, it's like they're 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 coming from, from some, like <laughs> universe. But, but it's it's that these people are coming. They're coming here for the American dream and an opportunity to have a better life. And that's and and to be a part of something that Trump is always touting is the the best place to be. America is a great place, right? It's a, it's, it's a great place to to be educated. It's a great place to raise a family in some spaces. I mean, not where I live, but so. I think the rhetoric that Trump is spewing yet again ahead of this 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 presidential election is is not surprising. It's actually on it's it's on par for what he did in 2016 or what he was trying to do in 2016. Guaranteed, it's not the Game of Thrones situation that's happening at the border. There's not like blood being shed everywhere and and limbs everywhere and people crawling across. It's it's not as dire as he's making it out to seem. But yeah. you also have people, John, who 
are afraid to do their own research, now afraid to use the internet, are afraid to go go above and beyond what they're hearing on these conservative platforms, and they're coming to these conclusions that are not that are not accurate. In addition to these journalists who should know that the cornerstone of journalism is being actual and factual, refuse to subscribe to that as well. Yeah. One hundred percent. By the way, I love the point that you made about they're not coming from Krypton, because like you're you're joking around a little bit, but but fundamentally, what this strategy, all of this about the blood of the nation and the languages we've never heard of, countries we don't know about, is all designed to stop the American people and conservatives in particular from accepting one seemingly indisputable fact, which is migrants coming across the border. Are a lot like you. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Maybe they speak a different language. You know, maybe there's a language barrier. And maybe that's difficult sometimes. I sometimes confront that when when trying to talk to some people. And I know what you're thinking, but John, you did Duolingo for a while, and I know, but it, you know, still. Uh, but they care about their families. They care about economic opportunity. They want to build something. Sometimes literally, they want to build things. They want to contribute. They're like you, they like watching Netflix sometimes, and they like cooking, and they like gathering with friends and family. But forget all that, they're aliens and monsters, because that's how we're gonna talk about them. That They come from places that are inconceivable, they talk in languages that you could never understand, despite the fact that many of them just speak Spanish. It's not new, like it's not never before discovered or whatever. There's a few different languages, I think this is achievable, but He's terrified of people understanding that. He's terrified of empathy spreading right. in America. That is what they're scared of much more than the fact that they're scared of brown people. John, nail on the head, empathy. I'm from Albuquerque, New Mexico. I am the son of immigrants. I grew up with people who, who had families, two generations that came here wanting just a small sliver of what I get to take for granted, of what I've been able to experience in my life. But I've been being a marginalized group, a gay black man, have been privileged to be able to have fruitfully in my life. They want just a taste of that, a taste of that, right? And empathy is what's so missing and needed in this situation because I don't know how the other half lives. I can honestly say I'm not, I don't know what, I can only imagine what people that are trying to escape these dire situations are going through yeah. and having to do that with with lack of health care young young children maybe they're they're escaping abusive situations a whole myriad of crappy experiences that humans go through these people are just trying to have like i said a sliver of some some something good hope and i'm telling you man hope is priceless and when you don't have it when is when you've never experienced it? That's all you want, and not to get dramatic, but yeah. I can only imagine that these people are just like are fighting essentially for their lives and for Trump to to and by and by the way, there are American citizens who are murderers. There are American citizens, there are people in our country who have gone to Ivy League schools, who have done all the things to be upstanding citizens or, or, be, or be, be the beneficiaries of what they're entitled to that are really crappy people too. That speak English, that speak English, that speak a multitude of languages we know about. But yeah, yeah. Why, why, why are we turning a blind eye to their bad behavior and, but, and shining a light on people who haven't even been given a chance? Now, sure, there, are, there may be bad apples in the bunch, there's always bad apples in the bunch. Right? Yeah. But not a whole swath of people. Yep.
100%. Yeah, and what he says that Biden is responsible for any crime that happens as a result of migrant crossing the border. I would ask any conservatives who are still watching, and there's probably not many. Um, it was Trump responsible for all the crimes committed by migrants that came across the border during his term. You'd right. never believe that for a single second. And I will bear in mind, you might say, well, yeah, but he tried and Biden didn't try. What are you talking about? Biden had a bill ready to go. The Republicans killed it. Going to talk about that in a moment, actually. So just think about that for a second. In any event, I want to turn to some of the media response to these different border visits. Starting with this, you saw the president invite Donald Trump to join him. A lot of people there saying that it should be Joe Biden joining Donald Trump with his policies, guys. Do you want to laugh? The statement from the Biden Harris campaign from her there, the campaign manager. Donald Trump is weak on the border and is weak on crime. That's why I directed MAGA Republicans to kill the toughest, fairest reforms to secure the border in decades. You should, if you want people to believe the second half of your sentence, don't make them laugh in the first half of the sentence. Because one of the greatest criticisms of Trump is, that, oh, he's so tough on the border, he's anti-Hispanic, he doesn't like foreigners. No, now they're saying he's too weak on the border. Yeah, Brian Kilmeade is not a clever enough man to make the argument that he wants to make. He is attempting to say that there is hypocrisy or inconsistency on the Democratic side. There's not. You're having to change our words to make it seem like that exists. Nobody's ever like, he's too effective on the border. No, he's cruel, needlessly so. He's a hardcore racist. That doesn't mean he's effective. And in this case, it's not difficult to describe exactly how that's not inconsistent. He demonizes migrants constantly. And he told the Republicans to kill the border security bill, and they did it. That's not even saying that he's weak on the border is being too nice to him. He utterly surrendered on the border. He forced others to surrender. It's not just that he's weak. He took people who in theory would have been strong and made them weak too. So that's not inconsistent. And also to the first guy when he's like, Biden shouldn't be like asking Trump to come to him. He should be going to Trump. First of all, Biden shouldn't be asking Trump to work with him. Trump ain't president and Biden is. But whatever, he's doing this historic thing where he's like, let's work together. You're saying he should go to Trump's policies. That's what happened. Do you have any idea what's in the bill? It was a Republican border security bill. And I'm not even just talking about that. Most of his executive orders are literally continuations of Trump era border executive orders. He's already done the thing you're saying that he should do, and now he's doing it even more. And yes, he's saying, I would like to work with Trump. You know, let's set aside the politics, let's set aside blocking the bill, let's actually pass something. And look, I like that Biden is throwing down the gauntlet. If Trump wants to make this this election about migrants and about the border, then sure, let's do it. And let's point out that we could have had this border security bill, which was made for Republicans and they decided to kill it anyway. And Fox goes on, we'll discuss in one second, but Fox goes on to say, you know, this is utterly pointless. Biden is just going there as like a campaign stunt, a photo op. You know photo ops. Sorry, if you don't, take a look at these. This is what a photo op at the border looks like Donald Trump literally just bleeding out a whole bunch of the photos that he took and and here's some more photos from the photo op. It's not like those were candid. They brought photographers. And look, is Biden going there as like a campaign stunt? Yes, I think. But bear in mind, 
any politician going to the border is doing it as a campaign thing. But at the very least, he's the president. Trump goes to the border. What's he gonna do about it? He literally has no power. It's just a campaign up. At least right. Biden in theory could do something there. And Biden was at least standing with the border patrol who supported the bill that Trump killed. Obviously, I have a lot of thoughts, Jason. Sorry, what do you think about this? I agree with you. I, I, I'm I'm in full accordance with your thoughts as well. And lest we forget, Trump was also a television personality, so he gets the inherent value of photo ops and what those uh -huh. mean, and 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 why you have those. There. I mean, bringing your own photographer for that leans on that. Um, John, you made a great point about um, Biden throwing down the gauntlet, but I also think that what should happen is it's obviously this is a bipartisan issue and. They there there could be a solution if people would get rid of egos one and really come to a meeting of the minds of how to fix this. What's the number about how many how many immigrants are currently in the United States? What ten point five million currently now or something, that was like that. That, something like that? And all the the money that we use for so many different things to try to get rid of so many problems that we have in the country. If this is as big of a problem as 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 Biden and Trump and a myriad of different people are saying. Let's sit down and figure out how to really make this work for all parties involved and get to the bottom of this and say, okay, cool. Here is a, like the bill tried to do, here is a, here is a salient ways that we can approach this that isn't going to be horrific for the people that are involved. And let's put an end to this versus going back and forth about something because at this point, where are we with this, right? And then so now, now for another, if Trump is back in office for another four years, are we going to have a bigger wall? Like what, 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 mm -hmm. what does this become? Where it's only going to escalate, and what does it escalate to? And in the end, who wins, right? No one. Yeah. Because who who wins with this? We lose. It's more tax dollars being poured into figure out this problem, which it is. Um, we have it's more media coverage. That's that's I guess people maybe conservatives want to watch. I I think it's depressing to watch and see these families in cages and these families at the border that are trying, as I said earlier, to just have a better life. I don't want to watch yeah. that. Um, so it's just like we're at a point now where it's either crap or get off the pot. And I would rather I would rather crap <laughs> and get it. <laughs> sorry to get graphic and get it done than to keep going around in circles. I love that you're point, putting this in terms that Donald Trump could understand. Um, but the, the correct answer is not that the wall would get higher. We've got to build dome. If I become president, we're building a dome, baby. But yeah, I look, I agree. The, the issue is that Donald Trump does want to make this work for him, but not in terms of a solution. He wants right. this to be a thing to campaign on. And if you're a conservative who seriously believes that the border is the most important thing going on, you should be white hot with rage over the fact that Donald Trump is blocking progress for his own political aspirations. Anyway, yeah. I wanna to turn to another topic that came up during the border visit, starting with this. Largely, they're coming in with a certain number of weeks, and the number 15 is mentioned. I haven't agreed to any number. I'm going to see. We want to take an issue that was very polarizing and get it settled and solved so everybody can be happy. And there it is, Donald Trump doing a little campaign rally there about the border, 
signals, no, we're, we're gonna have a federal abortion ban. And I haven't decided on a number necessarily, but it's something that we need to talk about. And we're gonna break it down and why you should be worried about this. But first, I do wanna remind you of the bait and switch that he played on the American people. Take a look at this. They have gone you know, much different than a lot of people thought. But everybody on both sides said it has to be in the states. We did a very good thing, a very big thing, a very important thing. Probably hurt the Republicans because a lot of Republicans really didn't know how to talk about it. So do you get what he's doing there in those two different clips? Which by the way, like if we could bring up this tweet, we're like a moment apart. He says, I did an important thing. Everybody said the states need to decide. So I gave it to the states. But you just said you're gonna pass a federal abortion ban, everyone. Do you get the inconsistency there? It should be up to the states, except for the states that don't wanna ban it, in which case, screw them, we're banning it. And by the way, we told you when they first started talking about a federal ban, that whatever number they throw out is not the number, it's a starting point. But we had no idea here at the damage board how right we were and how fast they'd move. Because I wanna remind you of what Trump said, what was reported back on February 16th. Bring up this headline, that was two weeks ago. He was privately expressing support for a 16 week abortion ban. Two weeks later, it's now a 15 week abortion ban. You've lost a week of your rights in two weeks. If we project forward by election day, what's gonna be left? But we all, we already know this is true. It's not 16, it's not 15, it's a ban. That is the only thing that will satisfy the right and Donald Trump has to satisfy the right. That's the direction it's going in. And look, I, 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 you know, I brought us back two weeks ago. Two years ago, Republicans were arguing for a 22 week federal ban because they said that's when fetuses started to feel pain. That's not true, that's not actually based in science, but that's what they were saying. Then six weeks were chopped off, then another week was chopped off. What's gonna be the stupid pseudoscientific excuse for why it needs to be 13 weeks next month? But we know that that's the direction they're going in. And they should be really worried about a national focus on the fact that they're gonna try to ban it federally. Because 61% of the American public, the vast majority think that abortion should be legal in all or most cases. They think that, but that isn't worth much since this is America, which is technically called a democracy. But you can see how much that democracy is worth in practice. Jason, yeah. thoughts? Um, I, I'm. <laughs> I am pro-choice, I'm gonna say that. I'm probably gonna get flack and flame from people, but I don't care. I think as a man, it is it is never, if I'm not contributing to the to any any facet of the woman and the child's life, I have I have nothing to say. And a lot, you know, I think that this is such a loud topic by people. I know we're talking about this before we went on air, John, but, but a lot, this is a loud topic by people who aren't experiencing with what some of these people who are seeking an abortion are experiencing, right? Like there's there's always nuance to things. Getting back to the 1615 and pretty much there's not gonna be, it's not, there's not gonna be a time limit. It's going to be, as you said, no abortions, done, period. Handmaid's tale, you know, that's that's you can't do it. You can't do it. Leaving it up to the states where there are there are states who are saying, yes, please come. If you need to have this done. Please come to our state. We will be a safe haven for you. I remember when, when this reached a fever pitch on social, there were people hosting in California. If you need to come from a different yeah. state, you can stay with me. You can eat. I will. I will take care of you. I will help you. I will take you to 
to doctor's appointments if you don't have a way to do if you do not have but there were people who were opening their homes and and potentially putting their livelihood their lives in danger in some way shape or form by being supportive to the people who need to have this done i say all that because again this loud group of people who want to ban this for whatever reason saying that life begins here life begins there which i think for some of them they're saying it's based in science okay but if you really strip it down and get to the nitty gritty of why they think the way they think they also have a founded in spirituality and their religious backgrounds and their religious leanings and ideology which they can do that as, as well one of the beautiful things about being in america is freedom of speech freedom of choice but the, the human aspect of all of this, and I shouldn't say human because it is a human, but why are we not talking to these women or finding a way to, to have some common ground to where we can see and make this more of, again, back to empathy and compassion. And I know that and I probably am missing nuance all this, but I have to come from this from the standpoint, John, yeah. because I've had friends who were young, 16, 17, 18. Got pregnant. There was no way they could have taken care of that child, John. No way. Living in a state where the wages are terrible, not done with high school, no education, all the things that would that would be working against them to give not only the mother a better life, but this child a better life. There was no way that that, that was a reality. But yet they were supposed to bring this bring this person into bring this baby yeah. to into to to the world, only for that child to not have the best chance of having the best life. Yeah, and but but they don't think about that. These people who are who who sometimes have you know resources, funds, a lot of money, give their opinion, but have never been in that situation ever. Hundred percent. It's and that's what's so uncomfortable and frustrating to me. I I like your focus on empathy. I you know I would say there could be a you know, another side to the Christian or religious side that focuses more on the empathy. I think there's some grounding in that and what Jesus said. Um, but, I, but I don't want you to worry. It's not that they, that some of these Republican politicians haven't thought about, you know, what these kids born into very difficult economic situations, the life that will be ahead of them, and they have a solution. It's them getting a job in a chicken processing plant at 13 years old and working all night. So they do have a solution and they're legalizing it in more and more states. But anyway, look, I agree. Um, I think that far too many people who have no experience in this area and no empathy or capacity for empathy in this area sure have a lot to say about it. I agree with you there. That said, we do have to take our first break of the hour. When we come back, uh, Jared Kushner getting called out by Hunter Biden and Donald Trump sued once again. All that and more after this. Thank you to the many of you sending in comments and tweets. We're gonna to try to get to as many as we can, but first, more news. I wanna remind everyone about the real White House crime family. Why did Saudi Arabia give Jared Kushner $2 billion, billion with a B, just months after he left the Trump White House? And why did the Saudis spend hundreds of thousands of dollars at Trump properties while he was still the president? We also know that Jared Kushner used his cushy White House job to secure a $100 billion arms deal for Saudi Arabia and did other favors as well. Now, some members of the majority actually agree 
that this was unethical. I rise yet again to urge my colleagues across the aisle to answer our calls and subpoena Jared Kushner's companies once and for all. Representative Robert Garcia is 100% right there. There needs to be a subpoena. There needs to be an investigation. No one in America understands how this deal came to be or why Jared Kushner, a guy who appears to know nothing about investments and ever since he got the billions of dollars, nobody knows what he's done with that money. How did he get that money? And you might wonder why is this thing we're talking about right now? Well, because in Washington, the Republicans have been implying that they care a lot about family members of politicians getting nice cushy positions and deals. And that story that Robert Garcia was just talking about actually came up in the closed door Hunter Biden testimony. Here is Representative Dan Goldman talking about that. When Hunter Biden asked the Republican members of Congress, do you have any problem with that? There were a couple who said yes, it's not in the transcript. But they said yes, and others were nodding because he did a, a very good job of confronting them with the difference between what he did, which was dealing in international business with non-government officials, non-government entities versus Jared Kushner, who received $2 billion from the Saudi Arabian government right after he was the point person on Middle East policy for the Trump administration. Yeah, it is incredibly suspicious. And many of you might have questions, including, wait a second, Dan Goldman, you're saying Republicans admitted that they thought that was suspicious? That might be the hardest part of this to believe. Well, apparently they did. Representative Jared Moskowitz explained why Republicans might have felt comfortable finally admitting that that is some suspicious stuff, saying there's no cameras in there. So Donald Trump ain't watching, right? For the first time, Republicans said they do have a problem with that, but they should do something about it. And Jason, I understand that there's a lot that I'm admitting I don't understand you know, about this. I'm not a private equity guy. I just think that if they're going to imply that Hunter Biden getting a job potentially because he's related to Joe Biden is a problem. A guy walking out of the White House in Jared Kushner with no experience in these sorts of investments being handed billions of dollars by a foreign ruler who might want to have some influence with the family if Trump becomes president again, it seems suspicious to me. We may not be experts on finances, but maybe we can agree on that. Oh, we can exponentially agree. Also, it's not like he was given, you know, $50,000. I mean, no, any amount of money, any, any dollar amount would be suspicious, you know, depending on what the context is or what the dealings is for why they're, why they're exchanging those funds. But $2 billion, John, $2 billion. Damn, like, why are we handing Jared Kushner $2 billion? And great point, great question. What is he doing with $2 billion? I agree with you 100%. There needs to be the amount of time that we spend investigating and having hearings with all these things in politics is just it's it's mind blowing. But they're absolutely, let's add Jared Kushner to the docket to be investigated. In that list of investigations that we waste our time on yep. in politics in America, because $2 billion is a lot of money. Is that going to be funneled? Maybe he might use that $2 billion to restart um, Ivanka's clothing business that, that fizzled <laughs> 2016. Maybe he for might Ivanka. use that. I don't know that two billion dollars to for 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 something. And, and every time and this is this is a, a non sequitur, but I have to say this. Every time I hear the word Kushner. I think of that one episode of Project Runway where Carly Kloss 
is talking about some dress and he and she asks one of the guys, what did you think about where would I wear this dress? And he says, well, not even to dinner with the Kushners and so much shade was thrown. It was so viral. I digress. Yeah, two billion. I don't know if guys, let me know if in the comments, let me know if you remember that episode because it was great. I and think I saw that episode actually. No, so no. I'm pretty and sure. And the dress was terrible that the guy designed, but nonetheless. But yeah, two billion is a lot of money. And again, there, there's so much hypocrisy here and there's so much of a double standard when it comes to this. I love the needless shade to whoever the designer was. Now I want to find out who the designer was that did the dress. But yeah, you're 100% right. Look, there has not been nearly enough attention paid to this. Look, I'm hyperbolic. I know that's like what I am. But am I wrong to say that this might be in a time when we're talking about you know family members benefiting from their connections, that this might be the most egregious example of it in American history? For sure. And it's barely talked about. Like we don't even talk about it enough, and we've covered it multiple times. Even James Comer said that it crossed the line of ethics. Now he doesn't want to do anything about it. He's way too focused on the Bidens. But if he can even, if even he can admit that this is wrong, then God, there's got to be some sort of investigation. John, this Many is business. This is business as usual for for any occurrence. And then Trump during Trump's presidency. Post Trump's presidency and anyone adjacent to Trump, meaning like anyone who's worked with him, a friend of the family, anyone who's gotten away with, I don't wanna say with murder, because that's super egregious, but who's gotten away with like the most unlawful things and hasn't met their demise yet. Whereas, whereas anyone else would have been raked through the coals for this. But for some reason, because there's some, you're shrouded in like the magic of Trump, you can get away with the most unlawful things. And I, and I stand by and I keep saying this, but $2 billion is a lot of money. It is. Wow, too much money. Uh, before we move on, I'll just say I think actually I did not see that episode because it was the designer was Tyler Nyanslani, who I yes. do not remember his face. It so was great. Car- and Carly Kloss talked about it on Watch What Happens Live with Andy Cohen, and she was like, "Why is no one talking about how bad the dress was?" And then the designer goes on and say, "I wasn't trying to throw shade, Carly. Yes, you were so trying to throw shade, and America loved it. I wish she would have owned it." Opportunity missed. Anyway, we have a small story. Let's just fast do this story, then we'll take a break. Whenever we're ready, we can jump into this. Truth is better than anything, in my opinion, but everybody has to go in truth. Did I read that you might make $4 billion? Well, I'm not gonna make, I mean, I own something that became very valuable. Truth has really become sort of the voice of America. Truth has become the voice of America. There's nothing better than truth. Don't get excited, he doesn't mean being honest. He means true central the social media site that he's on, that he's on and some other people are. They've had less than 9 million signups, by the way. Signups, not necessarily humans, because if you go on his feed and see the sorts of things that, that are going out in terms of messaging, my my best hope, my wish is that those are not authentic human beings, that those are bots. And certainly many of them are, but even if they were humans, It is not the voice of America, a social media site that has at best 9 million people in total that have signed up for it. But while he's wrong about that, he's not wrong about the fact that he potentially stands to make a lot of money off of this thing, except that there's a bit of a wrinkle. And that is that some of the co-founders of his media company have now filed a lawsuit against him on Wednesday. So you can add that to the pile of other lawsuits claiming that Trump and other leaders of the company had schemed to deprive them of a stake in the company that could be worth hundreds of millions of dollars. And there is no one with the the financial expertise in the world that can explain to me 
how this company that owns this nothing social media site could ever be worth billions of dollars. But apparently that's the case and they don't like the fact that their shares were through some legal trickiness being diluted. So basically they're saying that they were supposed to be getting these board seats, but then they were gonna do this thing that increases the total share of share, total amount of shares out there. So the ownership stake that they would have in the company would no longer be as high. Now we have a lawsuit and in fact, the actual stock has now plunged due to the legal turmoil that they're in. If we could jump ahead to our last graphic, you can see that it has dipped quite a bit. Normally, you know, to have your stock dip that much, you have to like acknowledge the existence of a person with a promotional beer or something. But they found a different way to kill their stock. And so look, how long term the damage is gonna be, I don't know. Maybe they'll recover. They've found some way to make this a profitable business. Maybe he'll settle with these people. Maybe he'll still get his big payday. But this is like lurking in the wings of all the legal challenges he's having and the hundreds of millions of dollars that Donald Trump owes. This could be the thing that saves him financially, but he is first gonna have to get through this legal hurdle. Jason, hmm. any thoughts about this or True Social? Uh, true, I agree with you, there's probably a lot of bots. Maybe I was living under a True Social rock. I hadn't even heard of this social media platform. Uh, sorry, sorry. And also the people who are suing him, I would imagine that they were like college educated smart people, probably business people themselves. How do you allow yourself to get in bed with someone who hasn't had the best business dealings as of late, being an expert in business to allow yourself to be in this situation? I mean, didn't you have yeah. teams and people vet? Well, I mean, they kind of have themselves to blame. Yeah, look, in terms of whether they should have seen this coming in a pure business sense, I don't know. I, I, I'm not, I haven't been involved in these sorts of things. But what I can say is what they're saying he's doing is basically forcing the company to issue a whole bunch of more shares. So their, sh so their portion, I should say, rather than shares is diluted. And the new shares are supposedly earmarked for Trump and his family. I don't know if that's true, but if it is true, maybe you shouldn't have seen this coming from a business sense. But you couldn't see it coming that Donald Trump might betray you. <laughs> like, that's what he does. Right. Again, I mean, if you want to strip it down to its like barest form, common sense, common sense is common sense. You, yeah. I'm not gonna go. I'm not if, if if someone's telling me that snake is the most venomous snake in the world, one bite will end you in five minutes. Well, let me go play with the snake real quick. Sure, you know, it's mm -hmm. cute. Go look at the bandy. Hey, pick it up and you're Jason. Yeah. That snake is the voice of America. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> we're gonna see what happens. Again, I have a hard time even following the argument about what Trump is doing here, but uh, perhaps someday the judge can simplify it and we'll see what ends up happening with this. For now though, we do have to take our second uh, break of the hour. When we come back, baby Olivia coming to a classroom near you. Okay, we're gonna have to be tight on this to fit in both stories, but we're gonna try starting with this. This is Olivia. Though she has yet to greet the outside world, she has already completed an amazing journey. This is the moment that life begins. A new human being has come into existence. At fertilization, her gender, ethnicity, hair color, eye color, and countless traits are already determined. 
So that is baby Olivia and it's a whole lot more than just that because there's some big claims made even just in that short excerpt. And the thing is, it's not that this is some video out there that an anti-abortion group just put on Twitter, no. They're putting it in schools nationwide and there is a problem with that. There's actually quite a few problems with that because the thing is, you can just say anything and make it sound sciency, but that doesn't make it accurate. And the claims that are made in that video about when life begins, when gender is instilled into a fetus, those are claims that they can make and they can say that it has some sort of religious founding or something. But medical professionals have quite a few problems with what's in that video. And you know, if you're concerned about what your kids might be forced to watch, maybe take a little bit of notice of this. This is, we're gonna give you the specifics on some of the claims that are made that are inaccurate. But you should know that live action is the group that's pushing this. They oppose abortion in all cases which is at least honest. Lots of other groups oppose abortion, but pretend that they support some sorts of exceptions that you know suspiciously are never actually accessible to people. So they're at least honest about it. North Dakota led the way last year by mandating showing that propaganda video. And states like Iowa, West Virginia, Kentucky, and Missouri are now considering similar measures. So I have a problem with this, Jason, pretty clear. What do you think about that? I mean, I, I, I okay, one, I think the production value is really good on it. <laughs> I think it's very, sure. very well done video. Um, how covert it is, of course, you're gonna want this to be in, in schools, right? Because it's animated, it's it's done right. It's coming from the scientific angle about, about when life begins, knowing that the, the subtext of that content is pro-life. and. Sure. If someone, if if I if that if I was wanting to push that narrative forward, and I had this really beautiful piece and really well produced piece of content that could do it in a content heavy space where kids consume this left and right, or or are always online looking at these sort of things, absolutely, I'd want this in school. It's like, yep, done. I don't have to come out and say we are for abortion. I could have it shrouded under the guise of this is science. But as I said earlier, my stance on abortion, I think no, I, I absolutely not. But I'm not surprised the states that want to put this in schools that think I'm, yeah. I'm pretty sure Florida will adopt this. 100%, yeah, and that is why when you, when you hear this movement going around the country talking about how we need to get propaganda out of schools. And by that they mean not have like a third grade teacher ever mention that they're gay or something. Yeah, they're against propaganda. Except if it's their propaganda. If it's exactly. literally a quasi pseudoscientific video filled with bold statements that have no grounding in the science that will be presented to kids who don't know any better as if it was fact, they're okay with that sort of propaganda. And I mentioned that we're gonna get into some of the specifics issues that medical professionals have with this video. Well, the video refers to a heartbeat at six weeks. That's the basis of the heartbeat bills that you've seen in multiple states. There's a little bit of an issue with that is that at six weeks, the embryo doesn't have a heart. It literally does not physically have a heart to beat. You can't have a beat from a heart if the heart doesn't exist. What they have is the ability to sense an electrical signal, not from a heart, and they call it a heartbeat because then you think about hearts and stuff. It's emotional manipulation is all it is. It's pseudoscientific gaslighting. That's what it is. In the video, they describe the animated figure's motions and actions with words like playing, exploring, sighing, making speaking movements. Those are just words they're using. That's not what the fetus is doing. It's just randomly moving and they're pretending that it's about to start playing the piano. Honestly, like as the sequel, are they just gonna play the dancing baby 
from Callista Flockhart's old show. Like you can't just animate something and pretend that it's true. Or I guess you can if Republican state legislatures care more about their propaganda than they do about kids knowing literally anything about how the body works. Oh, 100%. And the final thought goes to you. Um, Ally McBill is the show. And it went off the air in like 2002, I think. Close to his old show. Old reference. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Good show. Um, but John, I just, I think it's, I think it's, I marvel at the amount of effort that they will put into something like this to, to further their own viewpoint and the propaganda around, around abortion. Again, it's a, it's a, it's a beautiful video. It's a, it's a very well crafted piece of content, but the inaccuracies throughout it all just speak to how desperate and how urgent the people who are, and who are not wanting this sort of thing to occur are willing yeah. to go. The, the depths and the lengths they're willing to go to make sure that their message is heard loud and clear by people who, in some points, are lazy, are, are too lazy to actually go and do the research for themselves to find yeah. out what is actually true and is actually actually accurate. And I love that they just couldn't help themselves. They like they want to pretend it's not partisan or whatever, and they're like, we just we really want to make it so that they don't want to have an abortion. But then they had to fit in the. Gender is established at like three days old or something. No, it's not. You're just you just couldn't help yourself. That's sex that you're talking about there. And I understand that you're physically incapable of understanding the difference between those those two things. But we're gonna continue to make sure that people have at least a chance of understanding. Anyway, with that said, um, last story. We're gonna have to go over. No, there's no time. Okay, so we're gonna have to wait. I'm we're doing this story, okay? We're gonna do in the aftermath. But anyway, uh, thank you to everybody who's been watching live for this first hour. And those of you listening on the podcast, I want to remind you as always that while this might be all you hear in the podcast, that is not all that we actually produce on the show. And every day, VODs from what we call the aftermath go live at youtube.com slash the damage report. So if you're listening to the podcast, first rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, it's very helpful. And then head over to the YouTube to see other content that we produce every day. And on Fridays, our garbage people of the week, it's a lot of fun. You'll probably enjoy it. With that said, we're gonna take a short break, but stick around. We'll be back with more after this. Nice. We close with Thomas, who's been here for 34 months and says, congratulations on hitting a billion views. It doesn't surprise me because your show is great because of your integrity, reporting the facts in every story and the view you have on news I agree with 99% of the time. Most importantly, you put your heart and soul into adding to another factor that makes you and your show one of the best on TYT. That's really nice of you. I really appreciate that. Thank you. All facts. 